You are listening to the Body Charge Podcast, and I'm your host, Sandy Sanderson. I'd like to welcome to the Body Charge Podcast today, Alison Blard. Alison is a registered nutritional beauty therapist, having worked in the health and wellness industry for over 30 years, and she specializes in menopausal women's health. She now runs her own online clinic from Sweden, helping women worldwide manage the negative symptoms of menopause. Her mission is to support her clients with bespoke changes to diet, health, and lifestyle so they can harness their hormones and get their confidence and sparkle back. So we've titled today's talk, Sail Through Menopause and Get Your Sparkle Back. That really caught my eye about the sparkle because I went through menopause over a decade ago. and know it wasn't really a super pleasant thing, but I, I learned to manage it a lot better um, as we do through experience and through sharing information with each other. So, Alison, why do women often lose their sparkle during menopause? They can lose interest in sex, energy levels may plummet, they can become very irritable, sleep can become a problem, they can become over-emotional and extra-sensitive, and hot sweats can cause great discomfort. So, so um, how, how do we transition through this phase and what kind of things can go wrong? Yeah, great question, uh, Sandy. It's, it's you think of the menopause. It's called the menopause transition. So it's really made up of uh, perimenopause, which is the first stage, and that on average happens around the age of forty-five. It's very individual, so it can happen earlier. There's actually one in a hundred women that have uh, menopause before the age of forty. Um, and that can be due to many other reasons, whether it's medication or illness or surgery, etc. But when we're looking at the natural menopause, this happens around 45, perimenopause. And this is where things just start to become very unbalanced, because what happens is your hormone levels start to be a bit all over the place. Um, perimenopause can last for many years, but on average, you go into what we call menopause at the age of 51. Uh, again, that that is very uh, individual. And what happens in menopause, it means that you haven't had a menstruation for a year. So you're in perimenopause, your hormones are all a bit chaotic. And then when you stop menstruating, you're actually in what we call menopause. And then all the time after that, you're in postmenopause. So that's really the, the rest of a woman's life. I mean, we're, we're living much longer, so it can be 30 plus years. What happens in perimenopause when things start to become unbalanced? That's when you can start experiencing all the, the symptoms that you, you mentioned, Sandy, like hot flashes, mood swings, irritability, weight gain. You know, the, the list goes on. There's over... 40 different menopausal symptoms that women can experience. Estrogen and progesterone during perimenopause, you know, you're still menstruating, you're still fertile, but they just get a bit unbalanced. It's a bit like a roller coaster. You know, one month the, the estrogen can be really high and then the next month it could be low. Progesterone can be low. Things are just a bit crazy. Uh, and that's when we really start to experience you know these some people some women experience these debilitating symptoms again it's very individual some women just sail through and don't experience any of them 
but it's to do predominantly with the decline in estrogen and progesterone because what we have to remember is estrogen is it's a master hormone uh, it's absolutely not just a sex hormone it, it's needed for so many uh, processes in the body it's really key for our metabolism and our metabolic health as well you know it's needed for bone health heart health there's a lot of very interesting research coming out now about uh, brain health and, and a possible link between dementia and, and lack of estrogen. So it really is a key hormone. So when it starts to decline, that's when we start seeing all these symptoms because our, you know, our body needs this hormone. So that's really a summary of, of what what happens. Yes, I had I did a bit of research myself when I was going through that stuff and found that with my own symptoms, it was um, very severe magnesium deficiency. Um, and so there's a, a, a swinging door between excessive stress, magnesium deficiency and low estrogen, because the association is that estrogen helps preserve your magnesium loss. So if your, if your estrogen plummets too low, you're going to be losing more magnesium and undergoing a lot more stress. And so these um, things interplay like, well, like it's a, a negative feedback loop. And with myself, by increasing the magnesium supply, um, I was able to calm down, relax a bit more, reduce the stress. And then I started to feel better and better. So um, my question next is what, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? How <laughs> do we go? Do we get low in estrogen first or is it a nutritional thing first or do we get, does excessive stress cause the hormones to get out of balance um, or, mm. you know, can, can it go both ways? And how, how do you as a practitioner work out what's going on with someone in that respect? How, how yeah, do you diagnose? Yeah, great question. It what I mean, what we have to remember is that, that menopause is a totally natural process and it will happen to every single woman, you know, depending on age, of course, when, when it actually happens. But it, it is a process and your estrogen and progesterone levels will decline. Full stop. I mean, that, that, that really isn't up for debate because that happens. So that's really the thing that happens first. And when this happens so when the the levels decline that's when you start seeing all these uh imbalances happening like you uh, pointed out about magnesium um you know magnesium is as, as we know is crucial for so many things in the body but what we need to think about when we come into menopause is you know one key area is bone health uh, and, and magnesium is needed for uh bone health Women in menopausal age are at higher risk of osteoporosis due to one of the, the factors is the, the lack of estrogen because estrogen is needed for bone health. So, you know, you need your magnesium there and you, we really need to keep our bones strong. Uh, heart health, again, magnesium is needed for that. So it's really important to, to look at uh, when I work with clients and, and see their mineral and, and vitamin levels to really see what's going on if if i'm if i have a client that is you know at a typical menopausal age has all the classic symptoms of menopause you don't really gain so much 
Dutch by doing a, a, what we call a Dutch test, which is a hormonal test, because you already know that estrogen is declining. This is a natural process. It depends very much on the client um, and the age of the client. If I would do uh, hormonal testing, um, because it does come, it does give you other information as well. It's not just estrogen and, and progesterone, but majority of women, you know, they know they're in menopause and we know the things that we should do to benefit them during this time. So it's really putting a, an action plan in place and, and it's, it's a bit like a puzzle, really, because everyone's very individual and putting all those pieces together to really find out what works for them, what works for them best. It is a puzzle because sometimes we can get too much estrogen or rather the estrogen um, symptoms increase. It may not be necessarily extra estrogen. It might be that progesterone gets too low and then doesn't balance out the estrogen. So there are a number of factors which can cause that imbalance, can't they? And then when we gain weight, even though uh, you lose the um, production of estrogen from the uterus, your fat cells apparently still keep producing estrogen. So that if we're carrying a lot of extra weight, we might actually be overproducing estrogen. And then the food supply can have estrogen mimicking chemicals in certain foods, such as, you know, they all tell you to have, you know, uh, soy and, you know, but then, you know, it mimics estrogen. And for someone who's in overload, that may not be necessarily a good thing for them to have. What's your experience in that area? Yeah, um, phytoestrogens, which are plant estrogens, when when we look at the the research of them, they they're a similar chemical structure to estrogen, but they're not estrogen, and they've actually been shown. You know, soya, uh, flax seeds, linseeds are another example. Um, there are there are a lot of plant based foods that they can actually be beneficial for, for menopausal symptoms. Because of the chemical structure of them, they're not estrogen. So a phytoestrogen wouldn't increase your, your estrogen levels. Uh, they can and have been shown in research to be actually beneficial for menopausal women because they they can help regulate, They can, especially hot flashes, etc. They can actually help to reduce uh, menopausal symptoms. So there, there's something that I recommend to clients to incorporate into their diet in, in moderation, uh, because they're also a very good source of fiber and, and other nutrients. So phytoestrogens are actually beneficial for, for menopausal women. And is and there a difference, sorry to interrupt, is there a difference between the, um, the fermented version of soy? Is that like a better way to consume soy in a fermented form? Fermented foods always have the, the added benefit of the probiotics, uh, which is your which feed and, and nourish and uh, replace the gut bacteria. I mean, the microbiome is is um, is is what we call our healthy gut bugs, and we, we've seen as well in research how beneficial they are for so many different things. So if you're eating uh, fermented foods like fermented soya, you know, you're not only getting the benefits of the phytoestrogen, you're also getting what we call the probiotics, which are the gut bugs, which also are beneficial for, for menopausal women for, for many reasons, uh, for, for brain health, for gut integrity. Estrogen, again, is needed for, for the health of the gut. And we can see when we go into menopause, 
that we can suddenly become constipated. We can get what we call leaky gut. We find that our digestion doesn't work like it used to. So incorporating fermented foods is, is a really good thing to do for, for our gut health and, and our overall health. Yes, digestion seems to slow down with aging, doesn't it? It's um we produce less stomach acid, and then that can cause um too many bad bugs collecting and causing gas and GERD and reflux and all sorts of things, and and it can be associated with low thyroid, so hypothyroidism, which is one of the symptoms I was diagnosed with. I had Hashimoto's hypothyroidism. At the time I was in, in menopause at 51 <laughs> and I eventually developed severe heart arrhythmias as well. That's when it, my whole, all my systems crashed um, and I had no energy and yeah, it was really awful. But I used a lot of multivitamins from the health food store but nothing seemed to be doing the trick for me i ate a healthy fresh food diet i avoided highly processed foods you know had some regular moderate exercise i thought i was doing all the right things but what i didn't realize was my my digestive system wasn't digesting the food very well despite how good the food was despite the quality of the food because um and as soon as i got some extra um digestive enzymes things started to help a lot but it was really the extra magnesium I was able to absorb through my skin that helped me get over the line where I really felt significant difference in being calm and more relaxed and then I became one of those that sailed through menopause and I didn't get the hot flushes and I might just I've got a little bit warm every now and again I took off my little cardigan and a couple of minutes I put it back on again and no big deal no sweating and no waking up during the night it was not um uncomfortable at all it was um uh quite a good experience in some ways as well I I really liked the fact that I didn't have a period. <laughs> I thought I'm free. <laughs> but um, yeah, yes, that... it just comes down to finding out the missing link and what's missing in what you're already doing, because it's a holistic process. Do you find it's never really one thing, is it? It's how everything comes together. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so individual, isn't it, as well, that when I work with clients, I use what we call the functional medicine model, where you actually really look at the whole person. You don't just look at the symptom, you know, and you really it's like peeling the layers of an onion. You know, you really get down to that root cause, whether it's digestion or, or migraines, you know, whatever the, the symptom is, because all our systems are connected you know, everything, all systems affect how we feel, you know, especially digestion. I mean, that the digestive tract, if you really get that working like it should, it makes you feel so much better. Like you experienced, uh, Sandy's digestion is key because you, if you don't have enough enzymes or your digestive tract isn't working like it should, you're not going to be absorbing the vitamins and the minerals and, and the nutrients that you need to feel great. So it's 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 such a key thing, digestion. That's really one of the things that I always work with first with with my, with my clients. And also, what I've found with a lot of people is that without um, digestion working very well, they tend to move into acidosis. So the um, the blood plasma and the tissue plasma become um, 
a, a little bit acidic. So below seven is where they need to be 7.35, slightly alkaline. Uh, and that helps the electrical system because everything in the body is electrical. And so we also look after our good microbiome, the good um, bacteria in the gut who like a slightly alkaline environment in the bowel. However, if we've been under a lot of stress and we've maybe burnt the candle at both ends, we're not eating the right kind of food, or maybe developed a sensitivity to sugar or simple carbohydrates like wheat is a big one. Um, people can't metabolize that anymore and it just gets put on straight away as fat. You don't even use it as energy. You still feel tired. It's not like the carbs are giving you any extra energy. Um, and so these digestive issues and uh, sugar sensitivities creep in a lot more during midlife. Um, and I, I guess, is it your opinion that has something to do with that hormonal imbalance? The sensitivity? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it again, you know, good old estrogen is needed for metabolic health. And we see women when they're in menopause and the estrogen levels are very low, that they can become uh, insulin resistant. Uh, the increase in diabetes, too, in women in later life increases as well, because the stage after insulin resistance is diabetes, too. And this is really you know, your body doesn't become as sensitive to in insulin as it did when you were younger. So, you know, when you're when you're eating sugary, refined, processed carbohydrates, which push your blood sugar up and then insulin, which is the hormone that your body releases to really enable your uh, body to utilize this energy. It can, it's kind of like the lock and key. It opens up the cell. So your body can use the the glucose, the energy, but it doesn't work as efficiently. Estrogen is needed for this process. So we see that women's blood sugar levels can become higher. And when insulin isn't working like it should, you know, that that, that balance really becomes affected. Uh, so it's crucial to have a good diet and avoid all these sugary, refined, processed uh, carbohydrates and sugary drinks because they just shoot your blood sugar up uh, and, and cause stress on the body. If we've got high blood sugar, it really sets off a, an array of different uh, negative um, health outcomes on the, on the, on the systems of the body. Um, you know, weight gain is one of those. If you've got high insulin levels, then you, you will store fat uh, so it's it's very important to eat a diet that balances blood sugar, cr crucial for menopausal women. And, and also, if you have higher blood sugar and your insulin isn't working like it should, it then triggers off an array of menopausal symptoms. Hot flashes get worse. You know, you, you have problems sleeping. You feel tired all the time, brain fog, you know, lack of concentration. Blood sugar balance is key, not only for menopause or women, you know, key in, in general for all ages. Yes. And I think it's um becomes more difficult to detox because the if the digestive system gets sluggish, then your detox organs, your filtering organs like kidneys and liver start to struggle. 
to eliminate wastes and neutralize the free radicals and the acids. And if they build up in the body, it's a negative feedback loop again, because what I found in my research and study is that the body tends to put fat on to sequester the acids and the free radicals that it can't get rid of normally in the digestive system. If there's an overload, it spills out. It spills out into the lymph as well. And the lymph lets out under the skin. So we can even get terrible skin problems um, if if the body gets too acidic. And then and then it starts to draw on the bones because in order to neutralize the acids in the in the liquids of the body, the body pulls calcium out of the bones. And there you have the beginning of osteoporosis because calcium is an alkalizing mineral. Um, and if you don't have enough other alkalizers, alkalize like magnesium, um, sodium bicarbonate uh, in, your, in your food and your drink to help neutralize, then the next thing the body does is pull the calcium out. And then the problem is that the calcium can settle into the tissue and make it hard and stiff and creaky. <laughs> that's that's the aging process isn't it we get hard and crunchy <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> everything it's not as flexible as it used to be but yeah that's very true uh sandy that that you know the the weakening of the bones it's not just to do with the lack of estrogen there's many other factors that that come into play in the aging process and i think something also interesting about um the body systems is when we're chronically stressed, uh, which, you know, in society that we, we all, it seems that everybody seems to be suffering from stress, but stress is really the, the, the enemy of a menopausal woman, because what happens is, you know, our body's very clever. It'll do what it needs to create homeostasis. Your adrenal glands, which sit, sit on top of your kidneys, actually produce, uh, when, when you're in post-menopause, you will produce a small amount of estrogen um, from the adrenal glands and estrogen and progesterone. However, if you're chronically stressed, your body will always prioritize stress hormones. So cortisol, ad adrenaline, etc. So if you're constantly stressed, your body's going to be producing stress hormones. It won't produce any progesterone or, or, or estrogen. So you're going to have even less of these hormone levels in your system, which, again, you know, you can imagine triggers off all uh, an array of symptoms and, and makes you feel, you know, not as good and as healthy. It, so it's really important to, to manage stress. That is a key, key area in, in menopausal health. I mean, stress is a is a, a protective response that we need but it was meant to be short-lived it wasn't meant to be something that we're stuff suffering chronic. from yeah it chronic. wasn't meant to be chronic yeah. and yeah so you know if the world is getting too crazy turn off the tv and do things that you know learn to meditate and just go outside and have a walk in nature um, drink a lot of water i found that that was very helpful mineral water in particular so um, we put um, magnesium chloride in the mineral water to help um, bring up the electrolyte content and that helps the water become more hydrating and as soon as you drink it you know within a few minutes your brain feels lifted and a little bit clearer because um, I think some of that brain fog in midlife 
is when we become, we become dehydrated through, through acidosis and we don't actually remember to drink like we should. There's something that goes wrong with the thirst mechanism where we don't even realize we're dehydrated. And, and that's a, that can become a problem, especially for your brain, which uses half the water supply that you drink. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it's, it's the first and there's, there's a, some sort of connection between declining estrogen and us not being able to, uh, we, we don't feel as thirsty, even though our bodies need water, we don't get that thirst mechanism uh, we don't fully understand that yet, but I think it's fascinating, really, because it's so true what you said, Sandy. You, even though you're dehydrated, your body doesn't tell you to drink. No, and you notice it when you it gets worse as you get older. If you go into the old age homes, um, that they could quite happily not drink anything, or maybe one cup of tea in twenty four hours, and they're they're quite all right. And I know that my mother and my husband's mother, they don't want to drink a lot, so they don't have to pee so often. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. you know it's always a balancing isn't it yeah it is it is so hydration is is key for you know even if you're going to just do one thing if you drink more water you will feel better yes and you'll stay juicier younger and juicier and more flexible because <laughs> it's the minerals it's the minerals and the the um water that come mm. together that hold the water into the cell that that um make everything flow better so the nerve messages the electrical signals you need to be juicy and flexible for everything to to work like it should so i, I know we can't stave off the aging process forever but we can so slow, slow it down a little bit i think yeah i love the word juicy that's really really good way to describe it <laughs> Yeah, so before we finish, if you want to say anything more to people and summary and also let them know how to contact you. Yeah, thank you so much, Sandy. I think really, you know, when it comes to menopause, it's such a big area, isn't it? There's so many things that you can you can really do to, to improve your health. But, you know, when you look at, you really talked about the puzzle earlier, you know, you, you need to look at your nutrition, uh, make sure you're eating a whole foods diet, get rid of all, all the non-nutritional foods, uh, you know, lifestyle, uh, exercise, uh, look at sleep. Sleep is a key thing for menopausal women, and that can be quite a tricky area. And really, you know, just look after yourself. I think it's a time in a woman's life where we have to realise that we can't behave like we did when we were younger. Our bodies just can't handle it. So really allowing yourself the time to look after yourself and, and do lots of self-care and get support and help if you need it. You know, go and talk to your doctor about hormone replacement therapy if that's something for you. But I always say knowledge is power. Get the knowledge that you need and then you make the decision yourself what you want to do. Yes, well, I think go for the natural methods first. That's my, in my book, Um the use of medications may not even be warranted or it may be if all the other things you've tried doesn't work. And there are also many practitioners that use um, natural that natural hormone balancing. They, they don't use the synthesized versions because apparently there are differences in um, the symptoms or the side effects um, and the natural versions are more tolerable for people. 
Um, but definitely there's a, a trick, I guess, to getting things balanced the right way. And it's very individual. So um, always check with a professional that specializes in that area would be my recommendation. And um, yeah, yeah self-care and take a pause more often. And it's okay to allow yourself to do that. Yeah, absolutely. 100% agree with you. And if anyone wants any you know, to contact me or has any questions, you, you really can find me on my website, which is alisonbladh.com. There's also a resources page there with lots of free downloads and recipe books and really ideas of how you should be eating during this this time in, in your life. Oh, great. Very practical things. Recipes. That's good. Just have it in front of you and follow the bouncing ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice well thank you so much for joining us today i'm sure people will get a huge amount out of it i know i did um and you know it we've gone i've gone through it um and i help a lot of people as well who are just starting i had one lady a friend of mine actually who who rang me in tears thinking she was pregnant because her period stopped and i said didn't you just have a 50th birthday or heading up to your 50? She says, yes. I said, well, did you consider it was menopause? Oh, she says, oh, no. Oh, it, it was like a extraordinary idea because she hadn't thought of herself in the perimenopause stage. Um, but, yes, it can happen. And, uh, yeah, so if you're concerned at all, get it checked out. And, um, yeah, it may not be that you're pregnant at all. <laughs> oh, exactly. That would be a shock at 50, wouldn't it? <laughs> it has happened though. Yeah, it, it has happened. Anyway, thank you so much. And hopefully you, you'll join us again in the future for another podcast. Oh, thank you, Sandy. It's been a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you. Bye-bye. I hope you like this conversation and we'll share it with others. Hear more from Body Charge on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher and wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to our newsletter to get updates on blogs, podcasts, videos and magnesium special offers at electromagnesium.com.au. Relax, recharge and recover.